0: Got to hold and give, but do it at the right.
1: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It is indeed football day. The Euros are here. We're not going to talk about them though because frankly there's too many films, games, TV shows. The summer of fun is truly here. And what better way to start it than with me, Simon Cardi. Dale Driver.
0: Hello. Yes, I just want to say we're not talking about football but can we please play World in Motion at the end of the podcast? <laughs> Oh, we got to do something. There's a
1: film we're talking about that has such good music. that. Uh, do you know what? Maybe we open the podcast. Maybe I've made the decision that everyone's <laughs> already heard that we play some sort of music at the start of Lovely. the podcast. There we go. There we go.
2: And, Matt, have you got any requests? <laughs> uh, no, I do not know anything about football, so just <laughs> stick to the games, please, otherwise I'm going to have to take a step back. You okay, don't we'll You don't do know that. much about
0: John Barnes' rap, mate, and World of Motion. I, oh. You're in for a treat when you listen to that. <laughs>
1: yeah, a little uh, fun fact: the England third shirt for that tournament there's like a lovely, like blue diamond checkered number that he wears in that video. England never actually played in it, yeah. uh, so there we go. Uh, little fun fact that at least they didn't use it in the tournament someone's yeah. going to write in NASA. So they actually did use it in a friendly against austria in 1990s <laughs> whatever anyway yeah. should we talk about jeff Keeley's big kickoff that happened yeah. last night that sounds like he kicked off he didn't get too angry <laughs> maybe behind the scenes he was fuming who knows i um, can't imagine him
0: angry i bet obviously he does oh, get
1: that. i don't know i can imagine him being quite quietly angry with his eyes seething Just rage into your soul yeah yeah do you know what? Everyone would have been seething with rage if they hadn't seen Elden Ring last night. But thankfully, they did. And everyone can now be happy that that game that they say is coming out in January.
2: <laughs> you know what? I think it will. I'm going to say that. Are you
1: going yeah, to be positive?
2: Yeah, because it's been in production forever. Like, it's one of those that it was in production way before COVID. Like, I think it's had a long mm-hmm. enough time that... Like, I won't be mad if it gets delayed, but I think I am positive that it might come I out. I love that positive energy from you, Matt. Too like,
1: It's sad for me that I'm just too much of a realist, I think. <laughs> uh, I'm not you know, I'm not a negative person. I'm just, well, I'm just a realist. I like to think how it is. It's a thin line between just, pessimism and realism,
0: it. though, isn't there? And I feel like you're bordering yeah. on the pessimism side.
1: So. I'm not a pessimist. No, I'm just, I just have a fit. Like, what, can you think of a recent game that the first time you heard its release date was the day it actually came out?
0: There was a game. <laughs> there was uh, one. <laughs> there oh, was... Fallout Four because it got announced and it's like yeah, it's coming out six it. months Fallout, later.
2: Fallout like like yeah, most yeah. things from before, like this year, kind of like yeah. were were normally within the ballpark.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't. I I would love for you, love for you to be right, Matt. I would truly love it. Not for me necessarily because I've just Souls games. I've I've tried enough now. I got mm. quite far into Bloodborne. Kind of enjoyed it. Didn't want to carry on. These games aren't for me. Said it so many times before. It's boring, Matt. I mean, Dale. I'm assuming you don't care. Oh
0: no, not <laughs> at all. I didn't even. Okay. Need, I don't even need to try these games to know they're not for me. But okay. I would say uh, it looked incredible, like from an from mm-hmm. an aesthetic point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, I can definitely see why people appreciate it. I just know it's not for me, so I just won't waste the, the time. Yeah,
1: it's it's a game I would love watching someone play. Although, isn't it four player co-op online? They've said.
2: So I haven't actually fully read the fact sheet, but you can tell by the trailer that it's... Because it has the souls, like, it summons in the mm-hmm. blue ghosts and you see them working together. So it has the return yeah. of co-op, which is good, because that's mean, not yeah, in Sekiro. If,
1: if I could play that with, like, fully four-player online mm-hmm. with friends and go through it together, maybe I would enjoy it. If I had, like, someone like you who enjoys Souls games, Matt, and, like, experts such as Daniel Cooper, Tabor Hussein, just mm-hmm. like, you know, these people that go mad for it. Maybe I'll go mad for it. Who knows? Um, What struck you most about Elden Ring, Matt? What got you
2: excited? Magic, mate. Absolute (laughs) magic. So you like magic, Matt? I love magic. (laughs)
0: Imagine mechs that could cast magic.
2: Oh, no, that's just... Literally, there are mechs in the Warhammer universe that can cast magic. Oh, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so, magic has always been a part of the Souls games, kind of like, you know, in, in Dark Souls, you're able to cast kind of spells, and there's miracles and stuff like that, but... This game looks particularly more heavy on Magic than those games. Um, You'll have noticed it's quite colourful for a Souls game. It's obviously got that very heavy kind of gothic thing, but FromSoft don't tend to have the bright sort of bursts of colour that Elden Ring does, that giant tree that's obviously in the middle of the map. Um, Lots of kind of like blue swords and kind of sparking effects and stuff like that. Obviously, nobody's been hands-on with this yet, so I don't quite know what all of this means, but I get the impression that magic will be a more substantial part of the combat which excites me um previously it's always been a case of you'd normally do magic if it was like your second or third run like someone who's got used to playing uh dark souls and wants to put their points into magic which doesn't tend to pay off until later in the game i get the impression that casting magic will be a main part of this this combat there won't be the having to switch out a sword to a magic wand to cast a spell that takes a long time there was a okay. shot in that trailer where they were literally like imbuing the sword with magic mm. and it made it look like luke's lightsaber off the that, that, front cover that was of one of two New moments
1: Hope. i say there's
2: three moments in that
1: trailer i was like oh maybe i am more interested yeah, than yeah. i thought that was one of them i was like that's quite cool mm-hmm. second one the horse jumping about 100 foot in the yeah. air not sure what that's Fly about horses uh, horses you know that's a good way to get me into a game i tend to like a game with mm. a horse like shadow of the colossus red dead you know those are games i, I like riding around on a horse third
0: <laughs> you said like that you little- would have not been <laughs> interested in those games unless they had a horse
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> who knows who knows i'm um, pretty sure you would
0: have been into red dead still just gonna throw yeah, that out.
1: yeah but it's maybe it's maybe the best game of ever play who knows <laughs> one of one of three um and number
2: three that little walking pot oh. man he was good. <laughs> it the, was he? The, the the Elden Ring subreddit has gone berserk for this little walking pot man. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm into it. I'm um, so. I'm a complete novice when it comes to this stuff, but I do know in Dark Souls they have like chests that have Linux. little legs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. is it that sort of vibe? Do you think it's or? kind of a little he bit more
2: friendly? Yeah, a little bit more kind of weird house elf gremlin-y kind of deal rather than sort of like because the chest will eat you alive whereas Mm, this mm. this looks a little bit more like the weird creeps that they have like sitting in the corner that will jabber onto you with weird (laughs) sort of law drops
0: talking pots
2: Mm. but yeah there's a lot of that the bit where um, it looks like you can grow like weird kind of magic holographic wings to jump out Mm. of the way of stuff that looks cool all of that, obviously, it's the law kind of side of it is summoned up by George R. R. Martin. So I'm interested to mm-hmm. see what, how that feels like. There's a bit where there's a, a dragon that like summons a bolt of lightning out the sky and then slams it into the ground, which feels like a bit Targaryen. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where those kind of like Fromsoft's Japanese sensibilities meet kind of like his more Western kind of law side. Um, I, I and, think that's where you get
1: a lot of the interesting stuff in Souls Games is in their trailers for their games. They you feel like you're seeing a lot, but you're really not seeing anything Mm. of what that game really is. Like on the on face value it looks a bit George R. Mine, it looks a bit like Celtic inspired, it looks like dragons, but like there's probably a whole underworld in that game that looks completely different, and like who knows where you'll yeah. go. So I think that's the exciting thing about those games, isn't it? Just you don't know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm.
2: And also, it's kind of like we know that it's a bigger world. Like they've said that it's the biggest world that FromSoft have made, and you can tell by the fact that you've got a horse. Like most of the Souls games, you know, like all of Blood- uh, Bloodborne and Sekiro are very much kind of like linear worlds that are kind of like like snake together and interconnect and stuff like that i'm interested to know when you have wider open fields and horse kind of traversal aside from the fact it looks like you can joust which looks cool like when he <laughs> takes that guy off his horse but i want to know kind of how that impacts the way you play that game i assume it's not just western open world game because that's not what from software do
0: yeah
1: mm-hmm. well we'll find out in january won't we mm-hmm. uh, how good this game is uh Ooh, something that me and Dale <laughs> <laughs> actually were probably more excited about than Elden Ring that happened just before yeah. the Elden Ring trailer is the Evil Dead game which I think actually surprised a lot of people with how good, I, I, I say the word good fun, fun it, looked, yeah. it
0: looked fun. I mean the, there's one main reason for that for me and that's because it looks like Friday the 13th polished and done well. You know, like I love that game, but I didn't know I didn't I hadn't really been following the Evil Dead game, so I didn't know what type of game it was. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't didn't know what to assume about it. But then I was watching this show, and then they were building kind of building up for Elden Ring, and then this just comes out of nowhere. And then the the narration really helped sort of sell the concept of what it was. And like I like I said, it, it felt like it played in a similar way to Friday the 13th, but it it looked polished. It looked like the combat was actually going to be fun and manageable. Uh, obviously it has a good sense of humour it's elements of Evil Dead as well so yes I'm very excited for this
1: Um, yeah I'm into a a more polished Friday 13th don't get me wrong enjoy that game but Mm. whether it's a good game is a different question (laughs) whereas this looks like it was actually yeah it looked like a lot more to it a lot more combat a lot more actual different things you can do can you play as a Necronomicon that's a good question I would love Mm. to play as a big book Uh, (laughs) don't know what that would entail but uh sounds good to me. Yeah. yeah, we don't really know much more than... When did they actually say when that one's coming out? It's not Ooh. ages away, is it? Let me, why don't I do a live Google? Because that's always great podcasting, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, here we go. Evil Dead the Game is coming in 2021. Uh, so there we go. Hmm.
0: This year. <laughs> well, they announced uh, it last year, didn't they? So... Um... Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully yeah. it looked it looked it looked like it was pretty polished, but it was a trailer, so you never know. Mm-hmm. But
1: um, uh, I'm excited. Like I think overall, the last night's event was it was it was okay. I think there was quite obviously, I don't know. It felt like there was supposed to be more. Maybe things didn't happen that were supposed to. I don't know. Like it felt like, I don't know. It felt like there was one or two announcements missing. That there was wasn't the same. There was Elden Ring, which of course kind of. I would say save the show because mm. it was it was still okay, but was it wasn't bored the highest profile. Until that yeah, I'm up. not yeah. yeah. Let's let's be honest. It mm. wasn't great. Yeah. Um <laughs> they opened quite strongly with a new Gearbox game. I know a lot like I'm personally I have a love hate relationship with Borderlands. I quite enjoy the shooting and the loot, but like the whole package it's wrapped in the world and the characters and the humour is is not really for me. And I think that's gonna be the problem with this tiny Tina Wonderland mm-hmm. game because it's bringing all of, like, she's not my favourite character, I won't <laughs> lie, and bringing that essence of humour, even though the cast does include Will Arnett and Andy Sandberg, which tends to, you know, has a seal of certain quality to it. I'm not sure. Does it? Yeah, performance-wise, I know good, wise, but, but writing-wise. Performance-wise, yeah. I think Andy Sandberg's more, maybe Will Arnett's done some more duffers than Andy Sam- Like, Andy Samberg doesn't tend to normally put his name to...
0: I don't know. But people He's done do quite a few Adam Sandler films.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's true, yeah, he has popped up there. The thing yeah. I have to remember is, people do genuinely quite like Borderlands humour. Like, I hate it. Exactly, yeah. But, but people it think it's good, people. People. and, you know, it's but well regarded. Will you be into this game? Because it is, it's like a and d style Borderlands game, isn't it? It'll be exactly the same as what I did with um, Borderlands 3, I can imagine. I'll play it, because on a certain conceptual level it's what I like like the mm-hmm. idea of a big co-op game that I can play with my mates where I get some fun guns but also is in a world I'll probably like more because I'd much rather shoot giant dragons and especially that mm-hmm. weird hybrid they've got going of it's a fantasy world but you've got the guns from the Borderlands universe in it like that is I find quite interesting um, I'll probably complain all the way through it about how badly it's written and hate all the <laughs> music choices and dislike because the loot system still won't be perfect, um yeah. so yeah, I'll play it and
0: complain. <laughs> I, I tend not to get too bothered about the story in those sort of games. When when you're playing with friends and you're on headsets anyway. Yeah. I remember when we were playing Outriders together, mm-hmm. and it was mostly just laughing at cutscenes. I complained like, a lot through Outriders. Yeah. <laughs> <And> Cardi <laughs> oh.
2: played all of it with me, and you can attest I complained yeah. a lot about that game.
0: I just I, I find it very yeah. easy to switch off with that sort of stuff, and like right, just let's get past this cutscene. And we're going to get to the bit where we can have fun again. So, mm-hmm. so it tends not to bother me so much but I absolutely, in in, in agreement about Borderlands humour as a, uh, yeah, mostly miss, okay. mm-hmm. very occasionally a hit
1: Yeah, occasionally there are moments where mm. it's very good, I enjoyed, it's the very end music choice of Borderlands 3 yeah. was quite funny mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, yeah like I've talked about Borderlands a lot in the past and how it maybe isn't for us, uh, we'll mention one more thing from Jeff's big Night out last <laughs> night uh I think next week we'll do big e three reactions because yeah. you know most of most of the events haven't happened yet, so we'll probably be a few days late when it comes out next friday, but we'll we'll have considered thoughts by then and we'll react to whatever Microsoft Nintendo Square, and Ubisoft have to show us um but yeah, but we can't we can't go away without mentioning
2: a uh, Norman reader sitting in a box of oranges <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> I'd somehow convince myself. That he was like teasing that he was gonna be doing like Metal Gear again. That it was like oh, it,
0: Well you know, that's what, how it started. Yeah. It looked
1: like a Metal Gear room. I was like, What what are
0: they what's he doing here? Yeah. Like what's going on? The music was like Metal Gear as well. Like it was like yeah. that atmospheric music that you'd have when you sneak around Shadow Moses. <sighs> I was like, is yeah. he when when uh, Norma just jumps
2: in the box? I was like, is he going to put the box on his head? And when he takes it off, it's going to be Snake, and there's going to be this whole hoo-ha about he's managed to free the license or something yeah. like that. It wasn't. It was just just nonsense. It was a bizarre segment. So it was, turned out it was just like Jeff, like catching up with
1: a mate, essentially going, "All right, Mister Genius, how's it going? Uh, what you got for us?" And Kojima for about two minutes saying how bad nine eleven was <laughs> and how bad it is now. Um, and then kind of went, oh, and one more thing, and then showed Norman Reedus sitting in a box. It was very odd. And then just announced the director's yeah. cut of Death Stranding, which I don't know what that entails. Does it, is it a st- more streamlined version? Is he cutting some of the dull bits out, so or is he adding more?
0: Being <laughs> a pessimist, like we were talking earlier, I feel like it's just new stuff. There's nothing that's been mm-hmm. cut, because he was, his original version was undoubtedly the director's cut. And now this is the beginning of the Snyder Cut legacy where the Director's Cut is just a new way to advertise a re-release of a game.
1: You think it's just what it's going to be. You know what? So we had a few years of Game of the Year edition. Yeah, it's the new but, but, version of that. But because this didn't win any Game of the Year awards, they're
0: calling it the Director's Cut. I mean, that's me being pessimistic. I could be wrong, but it's just my, my feeling. Because it, if it was anyone else, I'd probably accept it. But because yeah. it's Kojima...
1: Uh, to be fair, there's very few... Is there any other real... Maybe Miyazaki get away with it, calling a game a
2: director's cut? There's not really but, many well, I mean, names that could do that for a game, are there? You could reasonably, because games have creative directors. Like, it's yeah, absolutely but, fine. but, like, but n- like, name
1: brands. But also, like, it's
2: like, when kojima owns the studio and is also yeah, the creative exactly. director of the game that means that whatever was finally passed was the decision of the director not by mm-hmm. a senior producer or anything like that so mm-hmm. the name is literally there because he's in love with film yeah yeah exactly
1: uh we'll see what it is we've don't really know when it's coming do we um we was just there... know it's coming for ps5
0: and oh, was i missing something was there any significant to the oranges <laughs>
1: well isn't the original like metal gear box isn't that full of oranges yes actually i think you're right yeah metal gear 2 i think i think it was just another metal gear nod and everyone's going what's going on is it that's not as charming as he
0: thinks it is that's just a Uh, dick move
1: (laughs) especially when everyone's (laughs) built themselves to think a metal gear remake might be happening at some Uh, point uh i'm surprised i'm not surprised he can get away with it because Konami probably don't hate him that much do they
0: i don't know there is there is a quote there's a famous quote in the wire where he says it's a shame motherfucker how far we done fell and that's exactly what i think about kojima right now it's like he's gone just completely off a deep end for me i was such a huge right. fan earlier on but anyway that's a topic we'll see for another next. day yeah i i still have
1: hope for him he's a he's got he's got it in his locker um why don't we talk about some games that are out now ratchet and clank rift apart is out today me and Dale have had the pleasure of not only finishing this game, but platinum it because yeah. we're 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 true gamers, uh, <laughs> elite gamers. Some would say we can platinum
0: ratchet and clank yeah cardi let me do the hard work of finding all the collectibles though
1: okay i mean i found half of them as well Uh, it's only it's only three i couldn't find and to be fair one of them was bugged but it it fixed itself in the end but um
0: it's such a oh woe is me game industry problem to say (laughs) before the game's out you don't have collectible guides out there and you've got to find them all yourself you've got
1: to do it all yourself um this game is very, very, very fun. Oh, yeah. I, I very much enjoy it. It's exactly what I wanted. It's probably, what, eight hours the main campaign if you played it at a normal sort of speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, and I think I've got the Platinum in about 15, so you've probably got twice... Yeah, you've probably got about 15, 16 hours if you want to do absolutely everything in the game, yeah. which maybe doesn't sound a lot, especially when you consider this game is, what, 70 to £80 pounds for people, yeah. which is obviously the price of a ps5 game these days um but it's definitely quality over quantity and as much as they've kind of insomniac have pretty much nailed this formula now haven't yeah. they they I the s- Ratchet and clank games are i'm not gonna say good as they can get so probably make a better one next but it's hard to i have a few little criticisms of this game but all in all i think it's absolutely fantastic
0: yeah i think i definitely think they've like I've been a fan of the ratchet formula, so to speak, for a, mm-hmm. for a long time, and I definitely think this is them reaching the pinnacle of it. Like, we've absolutely perfected this now, nailed it. And when I when I started playing the game, my ever so slight concern was it didn't feel like it was doing anything like massively new to reinvent the wheel. But then, like as I settled in with it, I realized no, this is just them perfecting the wheel. You know, this, this is them making the ultimate version, especially with mm-hmm. the power of the PS5 when it comes to graphical fidelity and loading times and the audio as well it just felt like yes this if you're ever going to recommend a ratchet game to someone this is the one to do it where they go from yeah. there though i don't know i would I say that the story i was like not so much massively interested at the start but it really did end up pulling me in towards the end mm-hmm. and i definitely think it's potentially the best ratchet and clank story i've played as well yeah it felt it's like the most mature story. too.
1: Because the I think a lot of people maybe started their Ratchet & Clank journey with the 2016 games. That felt like almost a fresh start mm. for the series. And that was a very A to B simple like children's film story. Yeah. Like Obviously, the film came out at the same time. It was, you know, it, there were no twists or turns, really, to that story. Um, this one has a bit more of that. And it introduces Rivet, another Lombax from another dimension, who is just a fantastic character. And Jennifer Hale is... As usual, just incredible yeah. as her, and yeah, I, I enjoyed playing as a Rivet more than Ratchet. In the end, I think
0: um, something but- I didn't know I um, missed as much as I did was Clank just talking to people and just being the mm-hmm. loveliest little robot of all time. Oh, like he, he, he's how can so not like Clank, yeah, but he's so like you know he's always he's always got your back, he's always boosting your confidence (laughs) and stuff like that. Every now and again, I'll just be like, oh, that was lovely. What a lovely, nice thing to say to somebody.
1: He's a polite little man. It's what I want the little pot man in Elden Ring to be like. (laughs) That is not what the pot man in Elden Ring (laughs) is (laughs) going
2: to be. Um... Matt, what's your what's your history of Ratchet and Clank? You uh, I've only any? played the 2016 one, and I f- nice. thought it was fine. Like I am mm. interested to play this one. Like I I own it now. I have installed it. I will play it after mm-hmm. work. Um, and I think partially of that is like I like the that rifting idea. I like mm. the idea of that suddenly swapping between. I know, Cuddy, you've said to me that's not maybe as advanced as I quite like. So it So that's to be. one
1: of the minor yeah the minor criticisms I have. Released. I just. I wish they did more with that. Like yeah. it is impressive when it happens and I think Dell already said, like this is an absolutely stunning looking game and sounding game, like the three D audio if you plug in some headphones into that controller. And the score is absolutely brilliant as well. It's the same composer from 4 Ragnarok, so you're getting a lot of that nice. in it. And yeah, it just sounds amazing. Um but yeah, the rifts. They're kind of Yeah, I feel like I just wish they were more dynamic. Like basically when in a battle scenario you'll walk into a battle arena and there'll be, you know, dozens of enemies and there'll be, like, two or three rifts dotted around which you can... Essentially, they're just grapple hooks that look cooler yes. than a grapple hook. Like, you're pulling yourself towards them through a rift. But I, I just kind of wish they were more dynamic in the fights. Like, they'd disappear and appear in different places and, like, you could use them more dynamically whereas, yeah, they kind of just hang there and it's, it's basically... It's a
2: very fancy grapple hook at yeah. the end of the day, is what it is. So That's not even what like the trailers suggest it. When you say this fancy grapple hook, it's mm. a fancy grapple hook that presumably still takes you into a different part of a different world. So no, where you so say you're
1: standing on the floor and you see mm-hmm. uh, a yellow glowing rift twenty foot above you yeah. to the left, you just grapple to. You're grappling to that spot it's not taking you somewhere through that rift there is there is what you think though there is what you think there are moments like that during scripted moments where it takes you through to different dimensions this is not the game i thought it was at
0: all you are not you are not warping around the galaxy you are in a few scripted fight scenes and stuff right um there is there is some they're like bonus areas it's like a collectible Mm -hmm. sort of side like little quest Mm -hmm. area almost like a like a mini yeah. yeah, and they are ones that you have to rip open, and then you go, and then you are in another, but you're in a more, like, a ethereal space dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yes, yeah, something that I felt like when I said earlier they, they weren't doing too much new, I felt like this was an option to mm. do something new, and they maybe held back on that and didn't quite follow it through. The
2: trailers <laughs> had given me the idea that this game was the Titanfall effect and cause, but the so
1: entire there are a game... Couple of- Hmm. so no it's not there are a couple of levels that do sound similar to that mm-hmm. um but yeah it's not the entire game like that and i would say there's no I effect and in those... those
0: either it's, it's primarily just you know you need to trigger one to get to the next bit
1: They're, yeah they've got the whole yeah universe yeah. layout like dimension layered on top of the other job yeah. but um i will say some of those scripted moments are fantastic i think they've taken what they've learned from the spider-man games and built these massive like like either like chase sequences or big action moments cinematic mm. moments like similar to the uncharted game there's one i think it's in one of the trailers you see it's kind of like a desert looking planet with a massive robot like that moment that's one of my, maybe my favorite moment of the game where you're just doing whatever is i don't going to spoil it for anyone like that scene is very fun and what's like the amount of detail and the depth and everything going on is is astonishing to look yeah. at like I don't, you know, often sound like a wanker. Like I paused the game and just looked around, but sometimes I would just stand there and just look around and be like, what, like, this is ridiculous how good this looks.
0: Um, I, would, I would say, um, like, Caddy, you started with, did you start with 2016 one as well? Or did, had you play? before? I
1: played, I played the 2016 one. I did play, I can't remember which ones crack I played in time one. time, maybe? Or two. I felt, was it Up Your Arsenal, maybe that one? Yeah, I think that was on PSP, wasn't <laughs>
0: it? <laughs> Sorry for childish yeah. little laughter there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, So, Kraken Timer is the one I'd like always recommend to people. That was like a phenomenal game. Mm -hmm. But what I was going to say is if you do go in with knowledge of games before that, there is also a a lot of. Cool extra little details as well, because they've em- they've entered a new dimension there's a lot of familiar characters, but they've got new spins on mm-hmm. these characters and they've changed them up and that's that's like, really fun it's really fun, yeah, like
1: we've actually got a piece of feedback about uh about Ratchet and Clank, uh history to an extent it's from someone whose name I haven't put in the document, which I'm gonna find now. It is from Chris Dawson, nice he says. I've seen a lot of you on Twitter saying how good Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is, and I've been lucky enough to finally secure a PS5. Well hey. done, Chris. It's not easy. Uh, I'm sure you'll be discussing it on the podcast, so I just wanted to ask, should I play the 2016 Ratchet & Clank beforehand to really enjoy Rift Apart? Do they follow on story-wise? I've never really played much of the series other than a little bit on a PS2 demo disc many years ago. I know the 2016 Ratchet & Clank is 3 on PS5, but I'd love to jump straight into the new one that looks and sounds to be great. However, if you think the 2016 Ratchet & Clank is worth going back to, then I'd be open to doing so. So there's a couple of points here. It does not follow on from the story of 2016. It actually follows on from Into the Nexus, which (laughs) is an older Ratchet & Clank game. But you don't need to know any of that. All you need to know about Ratchet & Clank games is Ratchet's the last Lombax. And he has a little robot friend called Clank. I would that's say that's basically what you need
0: to know. The, well, the, it it does follow on in a way, as in like the the reboot one was essentially the same story from the very first one, that's, and it yeah. is still the meeting of Ratchet and Clank for the very first time. So, if you want to mm-hmm. sort of see their relationship yeah. blossom a little bit, but also but, you're absolutely right, you don't need to play it. Story no,
1: points. you don't need to play. it. But what I will say is the 2016. I know Matt said he was more lukewarm, and no, I,
2: I really like the 2016 mm. one. I um, should probably point out p- on that my lukewarm reception comes from like I don't have any history with not just mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank, but these were not the sort of games I played as a kid. Mm. Like I didn't yeah, play like Jack and Daxter Dax or, Dax or anything like that. Yeah. No, so. Okay.
1: But um, I, I really like it, and plus it's like another eight hour game. Yeah, I'd say that's very fun. You don't need to play it before Rift Apart. I will say playing Rift Apart and then going back to that one you will feel like oh I wish there was a lot of stuff
0: in that that I could do in this I imagine the environments and stuff will feel a lot emptier like it's a lot more Mm -hmm. dense now they're more packed in those worlds still
1: a great looking game but yeah it's not and they will have different weapons to play with like there's 20 weapons in the new one in Rift Apart and they're all pretty much fun in their own way some kind of have similar abilities to other but Mm. yeah I, I particularly enjoyed my big tip is uh upgrade your shatter bomb which you get uh <laughs> quite early on because that can just blow things up very easily
0: i, I would say play it though it's like a six hour game mm-hmm. just, like yeah. pl- play it and then you'll be able to appreciate the jump even more when you go to the next one like exactly. i'm going through right now with mass effect where i just finished two the other night and now i've jumped into three and each one i'm like god this is a big jump on it every time <laughs> like i'm i'm most of the way through two now i think that is a very good game yeah. i will uh I still think two's better, but three is, like, a massive step up in terms of just combat and how, uh, like, maneuverability and how you get out. Like, even the running. The running is useless in one and two, mm-hmm. like, but it's so much more useful in the in Does
2: three way. have the first version of the Prime and Detonate skills? Or was that oh, Andromeda where, before that came in? I think three <sighs> might, where you can kind of, like, set things on fire and then, like, do another skill and it'll do bonus damage if you did a skill before nice. it
0: don't know i'm i'm even though i'm a no, vanguard i'm very much a gun guy yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i'm not I'm not dabbling in that sort of stuff too much
1: but uh, yeah ratchet it's very very good i'm sure if you're lucky enough to have a ps5 i'm i can't recommend it enough really it's the probably the most impressive game on a ps5 i think miles morales is still i mean just hats off to insomniac really of releasing Miles Morales six months ago, this now and the remastered Spider-Man like yeah. all within what, six months of the ps coming out. Like it's very Just impressive. about the 70 pounds
0: um, thing as well. Like I completely yeah. understand that. Obviously that is a significant amount mm-hmm. of money when you're spending that sort of money on games that lasts for like a hundred hours as well. But I would say with this, it definitely feels like you're paying for a premium product. Like it's a very, it's extremely tight. There's no like real yeah. down moments or anything like that. And yeah, for some people it might be worth waiting until it's on sale, but I would say mm-hmm. make sure you check out even if it is a couple of years later. Like it's definitely a game worth exactly. playing.
1: Like I said, it's it's quality over quantity, mm. and that is my other like minor Christmas. I just wish there was more to do. I'm happy with the campaign itself being 8 hours. I just wish maybe there was more like challenges or more things to do. There's like an arena mode, like more of those to do maybe or just just a, a bit more because yeah, I'm when you can comp- I don't know, yeah, £70 is a lot for yeah. something that you're probably maximum getting 15, 16 hours in um, to do absolutely everything. At best, yeah, it's like 15 hours, I think, to get yeah. the Platinum in it as well. Mm-hmm. And do you know what? As with the Lego games, Ratchet and Clank games are very good if you're, if you're a casual Platinum person because they're very, <laughs> you know, they're never really like skill-based or anything. They're all just like, collect this and do that, so yeah. there you go, if you want a, a nice Platinum to do, the Ratchet games get my seal of approval um i'm sure another game that we uh, that we got seen first of oh, nice. this week i forgotten how to read, <laughs> speak oh my god it's all You're gone. right it's been a very long week hasn't it um <laughs> i'm sure a lot of people will be wondering should i pay 70 to 80 pounds for battlefield 2042 because once again the no campaign in a first-person shooter debate has come up again hmm. um I, for a game like Battlefield, I personally don't see it as a problem because if you compare it to Call of Duty, I think in general the Call of Duty campaigns are of a much higher quality than Battlefield campaigns. Substantially um, so. Yeah. And Battlefield is at its best. Like, when you think of Battlefield, for me anyway, I don't think of campaigns. I think of a hundred people in a war, like online, shooting each other. That's what I think of. Battlefield as primarily
2: a primarily a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. Um, when I mean, it used to be people... before they they didn't put campaigns in until it, it was about four or five games into the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Also, yeah. And I felt.
0: Go I was going to say the original uh, nineteen forty two. I don't think I played that one, but it was mm-hmm. there was forty three, wasn't there? I remember playing that one. Yeah, was it 43? Mm-hmm. And that was yeah. I never expected there to be a campaign because that was specifically to me that was the multiplayer version of Battlefield.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I think it's a weird argument when people. St- Use the value for money argument on that because you people will spend a thousand hours in a multiplayer game, you will not spend a thousand hours in a six hour campaign, but yeah. <laughs> mm. like, like you just won't do that. So, but anyway, uh, let's move away from that debate because the game itself, we don't we haven't really seen it in action. We saw a five minute trailer which is just non stop oh, the ridiculous battlefield with the things like
0: Motley and like a modern version of Motley crew playing as well. It was mad. Yeah.
1: <laughs> A little fight in a tornado. You've yeah. got the old um, <laughs> what's it called, like the jet loop when you uh, jump out and fire the rocket, and, launcher. Uh, fired the rocket yeah. launcher. Like Lots of like <laughs> classic Battlefield like moments. Chucking and, like, an
2: ATV into a helicopter. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's just the stuff you want to do really. And it did get me excited because I haven't properly played a Battlefield in years now. I have lent more to Call of Duty and I think it's probably down to the Battle Royale trend because Battlefield tried it and it didn't really work and mm. they've actually stated in this new uh battlefield there is no battle royale mode so they're going back to their i think it's 100 isn't it 64 well, v
2: 64 on pc which and is the, consoles. Yeah, which will be its largest kind of thing because it uh, like yeah. back in the day it was i think it was 68 players was what you do on on large scale and then there'd be like a 32 player version mm-hmm. as well so, so yeah, yeah I it's think big
1: on, On Xbox One and PS4, it's still 32v32, I think, max. But, um, yeah, we we only really know... I think we're going to see more EA Play in a few weeks' time. But it just looked cool, didn't it? I'm up for playing some more. I'm up for getting into Battlefield this year, I think. Just because, also, I find DICE in particular, they just know how to make a stunning-looking game. And Mm. to show off what these consoles can do, I think Battlefield is a great thing to do it with
0: my only concern with like so i haven't played a battlefield properly for quite a while but i do like the idea of getting back into it but then i think is the the skill level so high with those games now that i would kind of be lost
2: if you're not a sniper i can tell you this is so i used to play battlefield like religiously like over the series i've got a few thousand hours into it um but If you are not a sniper or do not have a good sniper with your team, because of the wide nature of those battlefields, there's always someone in a sniper's nest somewhere that will. Mm -hmm. It becomes like a bit of a war of attrition with them. So I'm. So the trailer didn't do a huge amount for me because I don't like the art style of this one. But I'm waiting for the gameplay trailer because if it's got the gameplay of uh battlefield 4 which was the last one i genuinely really really liked um i will probably be on board for this
1: Mm. i i do
2: love a sniper, and i think that's why i
1: used to love playing battlefield because especially on i suppose you would have played it all the time on pc Mm -hmm. map where in general the skill level is higher um and the sniper level yeah (laughs) Yeah, exactly so come play on console with us and you'll have a lovely time playing i probably will this time exactly um but yeah, there's not really much more to say about Battlefield apart from... I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I want to I wanna see it. Uh, that's enough games. I think next Friday, like I said, we'll do a proper E3 breakdown and we'll look at everything that's been announced and shown off. But this week, we've got loads of TV and films to speak about as well just because the world will not stop turning. <laughs> Isn't that great? Well, that's probably quite good news. Otherwise, we would all die. <laughs> yeah. um, Loki... Another Marvel show <laughs> is out. We've we've all watched episode one. Me and Matt have had the privilege of watching episode two already as well. Because, mm, because we've we're our friends with the TVA and we have uh, <laughs> bent time to oh, our will nice. to be able to watch it ahead of time. Um, what did we all think of episode one? I'll um, start.
0: We're not going to spoil it. I right? liked
1: it. We're not going to spoil anything. Yeah, we're keeping okay. everything general thoughts. Okay, I liked it. I thought it was good. A solid start to the series. Nothing spectacular, but I just love watching Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson having a fun time
0: together. I thought that was the best element of the show to me, was their dynamic and their conversation. I mean, obviously, a lot of it is carried by the two of them just chatting. There was a lot of uh, lore there to drop in that first episode, a lot like to get everyone up to speed with what the TVA is and, and what's actually going on. So there was a lot of conversation to get through, and they almost made it a breeze and maybe a few times it was a little bit saggy but um i enjoyed it but like you said there i'm I'm waiting for stuff to happen now they did a great job of setting up stuff coming up in the at the end of the episode as well i think so
3: Mm -hmm.
1: i'm a big fan of uh, miss minutes as well who's basically just uh the Mr. DNA character from mm. Jurassic Park, big fan of that. Yeah.
2: we should probably uh, maybe explain what the TVA is for anybody that won't
0: nah. know about it. Well, I was worried about that because uh, is that does that venture? What's to spoil it the spoilers? I don't, I think think it don't know. Like, so okay. the TVA, it's within the first
2: yeah. few minutes, isn't yeah. it? The TVA is the Time Variance Authority, which has Loki has found his way towards by reasons we won't explain, um, but they mm-hmm. are effectively like an organisation that exists outside of time and space that make sure that everything adheres to the sacred timeline. And Mm. Loki is now involved with that. And that's the premise of the show, really. It's kind of like a weird time-hopping kind of... Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of half what... And I think uh, we'll
1: very briefly talk about uh, why me and Matt like episode two a lot. We're not going to spoil anything, don't worry. Um, But it is kind of what, when it was originally pitched, what a few of us thought it might be, which is kind of like a bit of a naughty... uh, Quantum Leap, it's got a bit of that going on Lovely. and I like that and um, slightly Control yeah.
2: slightly Doctor Who, it's like a
1: mismatch S- of slightly those. Men in Black slightly mm-hmm. X-Files, like slightly yeah. all of those coming together and it's got so it follows on straight so if you saw Avengers Endgame you know what happened to Loki during that or that version of Loki, so that's where it gets a little bit confusing in your head is that the Loki we're spending time with here is the Loki from the original Avengers film yeah. so before the next 15 films have happened and we've kind of learned more about Loki and he's kind of developed. So you're kind of spending time with this Loki you used to know. So mm. it's kind of like he's more evil back then. He's kind of, he's you
2: know, he's... More arrogant. I don't
1: know, yeah, more arrogant. He's just kind of a slightly nastier piece of work. But he's still Loki at the end of the day. So, But he's then yeah, teamed was...
2: up with Agent Mobius, which is obviously Owen Wilson's character, who's this like really nice kind of middle management guy with a nice southern yeah. drawl yeah very placid yeah. i like
1: those guys together and yeah they're uh, we're not going to spoil any plot but i like episode two because yeah it does whereas the first episode is a lot of setup a lot of talking uh, a lot of mood whereas second episode is yeah it kind of gets into the action a bit more and the plot starts it moves along at quite a good place and there's some very fun The opening's very fun, and yeah, there's some very good reveals along the way. So I'd get if you were like maybe we were, which is, I wouldn't say lukewarm, but we enjoyed the first episode, maybe was expecting a little bit more tapping. There are only six episodes, so maybe the first episode was a little slow. The second one definitely, yeah, takes things up a notch.
0: I did have an ever-so-slight concern, I'm sure by the end of the the series it won't be there anymore, but this idea, like you mentioned Men in Black earlier, you know at the end of Men in Black when they zoom out and it's the aliens playing with marbles and it's like <laughs> but the idea that there's these people governing time through their own will mm. and it's like well does that make everything that's under their control feel a little bit insignificant
1: I don't think it'll have that cause there are I've read like some thought like rumor pieces that I don't know as much about Marvel as a lot of people out there but there's rumors about who like who is in control of this and what villains it yeah. might be teasing and what it might so I'm hoping I'm hoping for some cool stuff yeah. I'm sure because they've got to start building out this phase soon. I know the films are going to start coming again soon, but like the Thanos threat was apparent early on, and it took twenty films to get there. So I wonder what like, who they're going to start teasing soon. So, as this big bad.
0: The Thanos thing is a perfect example because there mm. is a joke in this where they make light of yeah. Thanos' whole deal, mm-hmm. and then that mm-hmm. kind of says, like, well, I, I guess you could say you could argue, well, it's just showing you there's something far worse coming, right? But you could also mm. argue that was all child's play and insignificant and i've invested myself in all of that but these are early uh, yeah. thoughts and i'm sure by the end of the show it's, you know it's not going to be
2: like there that. Are you see are you invested in your family because they're just a pebble in the ocean of space mate <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i have i have often thought of that to be fair <laughs> the old pebble mm. drivers <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah we'll uh, probably talk about loki again once well, in a few weeks' time, who knows when it may, when maybe it's ended, and who knows, we'll, we'll find out if time does indeed mean anything. Um, <laughs> a film me and Matt saw together at the cinema. We we saw each other the first time in a year, Matt, earlier this yeah, week. Yeah, probably over that. That. Was,
2: that, must have been, that must have been
1: pleasant for you. Oh,
2: absolutely. Wonderful to see your yeah. face in a 3D environment. Well, it's it's oh, odd, oh, isn't yes.
0: it? Like I saw Cardi a few weeks That's ago, what? and it's just like, I forgot what well, it's like seeing you in the flesh <laughs> like, i'm used to used to seeing you in this little screen every day
1: yeah i do exist out of it outside of it uh, we shared we shared a little uh a little two-seater sofa oh, at the back of a nice. cinema oh. the other day it was it was quite romantic uh, because we were lucky enough to see in the heights a film that is out now in america uh and parts of the world and it doesn't come out in the uk until next friday i believe the 18th um what a lovely time i love this film if you don't know what in the heights is it is lin-manuel miranda's first musical he wrote so before hamilton he made in the heights and it was on broadway for a long time won the tony award i believe uh and you can see a lot of hamilton in it like you can see where he got a lot of the ideas for hamilton from from this but it's just a great story of washington heights which is a section of new york and he grew up there so it's kind of a Quite a personal story, I think, of basically like the Caribbean community that lives around there. So it's heavily based around Dominican people, Puerto Rican people. There's some Jamaican people in it as well, and it's it's just a really fun time. It's got similar music to Hamilton, so you've got a lot of pop, a lot of
2: hip a bit hop. of hip hop, yeah. But it's much yeah. more kind of Latin, like whereas yes. Hamilton leaned in towards being show tuny because it's almost needs mm-hmm. that classical vibe because of the time period it's set in. This is very much like elements of almost like flamenco to it, elements of very classic kind of Latin sounds. But with... Lin-Manuel's got a rhythm to the way that he like yeah. does... You described it quite well, Cody. It's like a half rap, half poetry kind of thing that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is very present through a lot of the tracks in this, which I quite like because even though Lin-Manuel isn't personally in it a whole lot, he's got like a cameo role but mm-hmm. the characters that are playing who i'm fairly sure that osnavi who is the main character and it was played yeah. by lin-manuel in the original i'm pretty <laughs> sure he did originally play him yeah but you can tell that role was written for him because the way that even anthony ramos is it who plays him in this mm-hmm. um the way he yeah. sings is just like if you close your eyes you'd say it was like 80 percent lin-manuel so it's got his stamp all over it it's it's so good it's so fun
1: if you've seen that Hamilton Anthony Ramos is the character who plays Hamilton's son in that, and he plays one of the uh, one of his friends earlier on in Hamilton. But he's very good in it. There is some amazing songs in it. I I kind of like when they go a bit more to the hip hop side of things. So mm-hmm. my I think it's also a fan favorite. Like, there is probably a lot of people that have listened to In the Heights for fifteen years at this point are going, "Oh, these guys have just discovered it." <laughs> I've only just discovered it. In the Heights, ninety six thousand is an absolute banger, and half of that takes um place at a swimming pool so it reminds me of La La Land so it's got La La Land elements, it's got Hamilton elements and it's hard to not, I mean it's hard to ignore the West Side story influence on this because it's a musical set in New York with, like I said before, Puerto Rican people, Dominican people, uh, Jamaican people, it's got that Latin influence and West Side Story is obviously all about well it's all about that, Romeo and Juliet in uh, New York, with Dominican gang and an uh, Irish American gang. If you haven't seen West Side mm-hmm. Story, there's a brief. Uh, this one's part,
2: mm-hmm. not romantically kind. Like there is an element of romance mm-hmm. to it, but the thing I quite liked about it is that it's it's like set over three days, and it's kind of a slice of life yeah. for three different families with three different mm-hmm. kind of very different problems that they're trying to get to grips with. Exactly, the story is very different to West Side Story. It's more just yeah the.
1: A lot of the looks, and in particular in the middle, there's a song which. Uh, takes place in a nightclub which is just very reminiscent of the Mambo sequence in West Side Story if you're familiar where it's basically girls and boys dancing off against each other in a in a nightclub setting and it remind me of that a lot and that warms my heart I love <laughs> a musical, I love Lin-Manuel Miranda. he wrote, of course wrote the songs to Moana which Al will tell me is my favourite <laughs> film of all time for some reason. Told you it. about
0: bringing up Moana on the podcast, stop I, doing I,
1: it. I mentioned it three <laughs> times and now, and now I'm not allowed to mention Moana again um i want to watch it again and i will watch it again it's two hours 20 minutes which you know it's not short but i would have watched well i say i would have watched more you could have also cut 20 minutes out of it but it's also hard to cut whole songs out of a musical that people already love and it's an
2: exceptionally good looking movie it's like it's the director of crazy rich asians so it's got that kind of like the colors pop and like it's all nicely framed like it's got a Great sort of sense of kind of rhythm and choreography to it. It, it, is, it looks great for all of that two hours 20. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to see this film again because I loved it. Um, Matt, you've
2: also seen another film. Mm-hmm. Did you love Fast Nine? I uh, wouldn't say I loved it. I did like it. I had a good time. Like, it's the fast films are not necessarily my go to, so this is only the third one i've seen i started very late i watched fast eight or the fate of the furious as they call it mm. in uh in america and then i saw Hobbs and Shaw. like that was just before no the summer before covid struck so mm. like a couple of years ago now Hobbs and Shaw i didn't really like i found it a bit kind of which i definitely said on the podcast at the time just found it a bit kind of bland um fate of the furious i i, I liked a lot more that was mad and dumb and have got like zombie cars in it and stuff like that there's a bit when fate of the furious where they like charlie's Thron kind of controls all of these cars through their gps's but it creates a sort of world war z thing where like cars are torrenting out of parking lots like just like like torrents of zombies but they're cars instead of running people
0: I need uh, to watch these films. <laughs> Every now and then someone does yeah. something. I'll be like, I should probably watch these at some point. It's our mental.
2: Yeah. Um so this one is which is out internationally, which is why the reviews are out, but I don't think he's out until later this month for us hmm. um and the US. But um yeah, it's essentially quite as I don't like it from a plot level. It's a very kind of bland kind of action thing where there's two halves of a special device that, like, this crew, because it turns out the Fast and Furious crew are basically the A-team now. <laughs> I used to think that they were racers. That was what I thought the series was about. Turns right. out that it isn't, which I know is very ignorant it of always me.
3: been
1: It's always been about the heists, mate. It's, it's been, like, out.
2: from the fifth film, is it, onwards, it becomes more of an action uh, movie series of, rather than a racing series.
1: I've, I've, I've only seen the first three, and I watched them a long time ago, but I, I remember the first couple definitely being really? more... About
0: that. I remember the first one being purely street racing, wasn't it? And wasn't it I like was a the, cop trying the second, to infiltrate? This doesn't the
1: second one have. Maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah. But they're not I've like taking a scene. No, now, space. They're, now they're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now they yeah. are just absurd action films. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. They're,
2: yeah, they're closer to the Terminator than they are uh, a street race. <laughs> <Sure, yeah. laughs> but kind of like, the plot is very much just like they are the A team, effectively. There's two halves of a bomb that they need to get. That's That's the deal, right? But on an action set piece level there's some real smart stuff going on here like the opening of it um has like a jungle run sort of element to it, where they're driving like these really cool cars <laughs> nice. through like jungle tracks uh there's some really cool like rope bridge sections where they're driving trucks over there there's a bit with a grapple hook that you know kind of when you get cinematic moments where you just sit up in your seat and go yeah that was that was fucking cool it's got one of those then it doesn't do anything as good really for the rest of the film but there is (laughs) magnets are the big thing this time it's kind of like it's got its concepts and you'll have seen in the trailer the um the car being magnetized to a plane um that's the least impressive magnet stuff there's a lot of stuff (laughs) later on that happens that's very cool with them just um, to interject you there, Matt, yeah.
0: I would say as well, we've got a video what we've put an IGN. Yeah, so, yeah. so Google Fast 9 magnets and you'll, we've got a, an, ex, an astrophysicist expert who knows a lot about magnets and he's talking about the legitimacy of some of these magnet stunts. Does he turns think they legit? Turns out not that legit. <laughs> no, I didn't think they would be. <laughs> There's a
2: lot of, you know how kind of like So I think I might have seen the first Fast and the Furious as well, because that's the one that's got a lot of where it does, like, zoom-ins on the buttons in the cabs, isn't it, where they push it, and then it does the NOS going through the engine. It does a lot of that, that but it's like a little rotating dial in the cars to turn the magnets on and off and change the polarity of them. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of nonsense like that, but it's genuinely very well, but, like, arguably better put together than some of the Marvel kind of, like, big set pieces, but I couldn't give a crap about any of those guys apart from ludicrous
0: ludicrous is great all the way through <laughs> it,
2: but everybody matt,
0: else you heard don't it care. first matt yeah. is ludicrous is
1: number one fan what's your favorite song of ludicrous i don't know any ludicrous come on <laughs> mate
0: hosing area codes that one
1: if we didn't have in the heights music to play we'd absolutely be playing that at the end of the there's too much music to play this week um how is um because isn't john cena in this for the first yeah. time yeah so
2: baddie, isn't he? yeah he is uh, this obviously has been massively revealed because he's part of the big marketing campaign for it he is uh dom's brother um so mm-hmm. vin diesel's brother could but you be- see vin Diesel no, resemblance. Brother? No, <laughs> no resemblance no. at all. <laughs> but the thing is is because because they've bought jacob into it as kind of like the villain of this film you need to have like an emotional reason why there's why there's the whole kind of tussle between dom and, and jacob mm-hmm. So about 20 minutes of this film is just flashbacks to their childhoods and finding ways to stick what I assume are moments from like old films or like old storylines where they find a way to put him in. Um, And it just means that like there's a lot of downtime in this two hours 20 movie where I'm just doing stuff where I was like. I get the idea. I don't need you to show me everything that happened before. Yeah. I know that these have got a past and it would be difficult for them. You can just show me the present. It will be fine.
0: It is mad, though. Like, you know, you've got up to eight of these wacky adventures in the past and you've got a brother who's a similar age to you who's also into this stuff. Yeah. You haven't got him involved until the ninth version. Yeah.
1: They don't have the old excuse was oh he's been in prison for ten years or anything, do they?
0: No. That's normally
1: the excuse they bring out for these sort of things. Oh yeah, yeah he was he was locked away, unfortunately. No. Yeah.
2: I won't say what the reason okay. is. Like people no, want to watch the movie. For
1: people. <laughs> exactly.
2: But like yeah, if you if you I think obviously having not watched a lot of these, but I get the impression like if you like them for the mad stuff, like that is absolutely here and I had a great time watching that. Also, first film I've seen in a cinema for many, many months now. Perfect it's good, for it? it. It's good. Going yeah. back to yeah. the cinema saw it at the IMAX in Leicester Square. Ooh, Fucking yes, huge screen.
1: <laughs> God, I think that's what made in the heights extra good. Was I, have, I think it's the first time in a year I've heard anything that loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I have my headphones loud, probably too loud, which is why my hearing's not as good as it used to be. Sadly, uh, that's turn this into a sob story. That's all cry yeah. for me. You should. Um, you should but, look into that. Yeah. You
0: are a professional video editor. <laughs>
1: oh, it's still good enough. <laughs> okay. It's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just um (laughs) but um yeah just hearing something that loud was just great (laughs) I i loved it um we asked you to send in lots of endless searches, and people did. Thank you so much for those. Uh, but sadly, this week we're not going to do an endless search <laughs> because yeah. there's just too much to talk. <laughs> there's just too much to talk about this week, and we'd be running far too long if we did one this week. Maybe we'll bring one back next week. you will see just how much E3 stuff there is to talk about. But thank you for sending them in, and I'll have a good look through them. We do, as usual, have feedback though, and I think Dale, you're up yep. first. I I've got
0: George Petty. George Petty says, Hi all. Duck Hunt, if that's still allowed. Yes, George, you are allowed to say Duck I'm allowed to read it when you're saying it. That's the rule. <laughs> <laughs> um, Long time listener, first time writing in. First of all, I want to apologise for not having a buttered arsehole story. And as a, have received that message one too many times now. <laughs> and only a regular question. I wondered if any of you have ever played or watched a series in an unconventional order and if it's ever helped improve your enjoyment. In my case, I played Metal Gear Solid, the Metal Gear Solid series, in order of 4, 2, 3, and 1. That is mental. Uh, (laughs) I said that. That wasn't George saying that. Um, Whilst I wouldn't exactly recommend doing this, it did make Shadow Moses seem like an almost mythological event. And when finally experiencing it in MGS1, it did give it a strange sense of discovery, almost. I also watched... I've got over there. also watched Clone, Law- Clone Wars for the first time by going in the story in order given on StarWars.com, which helped follow it a lot clearer. But that's probably more of an issue with the original release structure. Keep up the great work, and for Christ's sake, respect the sea. Always respect the sea. Yeah, same. what we say saying. Um, Started watching mass, Fast and the
2: Furious very late. Yeah, that's true. got into the good you've stuff, done, I think. You've
1: done what? eight and nine and that's
0: it mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I remember jesse telling me the other week but that this is mainly due to age i guess about resident evil series i'm pretty sure he started at like four or five
2: i started at four but then he think oh you started did you go
0: one, back yeah. and play the originals
2: um so i played four on wii when that that release came out and then i played five at launch and i played a little bit of six at launch and didn't like it uh and then played seven at launch and then i played Two for the first time when the remake oh, came out. and okay. I played three for the first time when the remake came out. but I think after I played four, I actually I got I managed to get a GameCube version of the remake mm. of one. So that's when I played one. So it would have been like played four, liked four, so went back to one, but never played like two and three because they were old and I didn't have a PlayStation. So yeah. it took till remake before I got to them.
1: Mm. Yeah, I don't. I can't. I I have to do things in order. I'm. I feel like I'm missing out if I don't do that. Like like I did with Mass Effect I started playing Mass Effect three years ago but I just stopped because I just wasn't getting the full sense of it so and I'm glad I did because I've now done Mass Effect 1 most of the way through 2 and having a fantastic time just got a just got Thane I love Thane Thane's my boy Thane's cool
0: Uh, yeah yeah I never played Mass Effect 1 originally I started with 2 but that was because I only had a Playstation and it wasn't available on that and then I remember listening to podcasts and talking about it and they said there was this graphic novel version where you can make the choices from 1 and I was like that sounds like it's good enough, and I'm glad I did because I really enjoyed two and three back then. But yeah, I, the first time I played one was on this re-release, and huh. I don't feel like I was missing that much, <laughs> if I'm being honest. But that's everything because everything gets better. Yeah, the, the two and three, are like, the, like just functionality-wise, we've already spoke about this, but so much better. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from that, though, yeah, I'm kind of like Hardy. I tend to sort of if I decide I want to start watching something, I kind of go back to the start with it
1: yeah I can't think of anything I've done like out of order like that I know Star Wars is one like some people say should you start with what? like say you have like an 8 year old kid like yeah. do you tell them watch 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 or do you no, go release four, order. 5, 6, 1, 2, 3
2: I think release order yeah. is right gotta have the Vader reveal well
0: like, exactly you need that yeah. and also episode 1, 2, and 3 the whole point of them was you knowing that that becomes Darth Vader mm-hmm. right that was supposed mm-hmm. to be part the of dramatic the enjoyment. irony of yeah. it yeah <laughs> um, so yeah I would never and also a kid is going to see even though 1 2 and 3 look not that great now they still look a lot better than the original trilogy and i i, I worry that they see like the the colors and the and the spectacle of it all and then it's se- severely toned down and they might not enjoy 4 5 and 6 as much i don't know maybe mm. not i'll test with a kid one day <laughs> <laughs> test, test. <laughs> we can't
1: be doing testing on kids for hey. Star Wars well, we can't be doing it well, there we go Um matt you've mm-hmm. got an email
2: yeah oh from god That's anonymous i read mm-hmm. so i always read the feedback before we come in just in case i need to prep anything um mm. i read the first paragraph of this and was like no this will have to be done fresh on on air <laughs> so dear ign crew, uk crew i'm a long time listener but this is the first time i've felt able to contribute anything to the conversation while listening to this week's podcast, I was enjoying Jesse laughing through the story of scam emails and aircraft tragedy <laughs> when Cardi mentioned that you've had many stories of near-drowning, but very few of near-crashing. Finally, here was my moment to shine. Yes, I have crashed an aeroplane and lived to tell the tale. But don't worry, no one was hurt. But For obvious reasons, I'd appreciate if you don't use my real <laughs> name, if you choose to read this out loud. Hence, Anonymous.
0: Fair, Fair enough. Who's Some years...
2: That- was it? Uh, what was it? Oh, Domingo
1: from Little Hinkley, <laughs> the Alan Partridge joke. Oh, what is that? Not
2: li- oh I've, re- I've butchered the joke. I
0: know, I know what you mean. I yeah. know the joke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, some years ago, to keep it vague, between 15 and 20, I was an RAF student pilot going through advanced flying training on the Hawk T1 at RAF Valley in Anglesey, North Wales. One particularly wet and dreary day, I had been sent off solo to do a general handling sortie as part of a training syllabus. Part of the sortie profile included practice force landings, PFLs, where you would bring the throttle back to idle to simulate an engine failure and then attempt to glide to a safe landing at a nearby airfield. This is quite a dramatic this is quite a dynamic manoeuvre and ends up with quite a steep approach and an aggressive final flare to arrest descent before touching down on the runway. During one PFL at a remote landing airfield, I managed to completely misjudge this flare and hit the runway very hard. I would later find out that the landing had a force of seven and a half G's, which is roughly seven times harder than you would ideally like for a normal landing. Jesus. Upon crunching into the run- onto the runway, both main wheel tires immediately burst, leaving me hurtling down the runway at 150 KTS. What's a KTS? I have no idea. Knots? Know your planes? It's knots. Isn't is it knots? Right. Yeah. So at 150 knots with 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 two wheels scratching huge gouges into the runway surface okay. and no brakes steering or steering available. Despite doing my manly best to try and keep the aircraft straight, it eventually careered off the side of the runway and dug into the grass, eventually sliding to a sideways stop. I've, I've attached photos of the aftermath to prove that I'm not making this up. Please do not share these publicly. <laughs> it's a good job we're a podcast. Yeah. I conducted the emergency egress drill and climbed out of the side of the aircraft. I was very quickly met by an emergency fire and ambulance crews who asked me if I was okay, to which my reply was, yes, but I think I fucked it. As the aircraft was going nowhere, I I got picked up by the search and rescue helicopter and taken back to home base. When I got back, all the other students and instructors were waiting in the bar, while my ever-empathetic empath- course mates had erected a whiteboard-sized map of the incident airfield, upon which they had marked up a grid squares and conducted a sweepstakes among the audience for who could guess the final resting location of the crashed aircraft. <laughs> <laughs> the lucky winner got a bottle of the most expensive champagne in the bar, courtesy of yours truly." The resulting investigation proved that yes, I had indeed fucked it. <laughs> but a couple of days later, I was back in the saddle with an instructor in the back seat this time, and conducted the rest of the course with no issues. I only recently left the RAF, and thanks to the, um, and thankfully, this was the worst thing that ever happened to me in twenty years of service. It may comfort you to know, it may comfort you to know that nearly all of my flying time has been on my own, so no one else has been put in danger of my agri- agricultural hands. <laughs> I love listening to you. His podcast brightens up my week. Even though I have no interest in football manager, I'm secretly hoping for a return of its football day. Keep up the good work. And for Pete's sake, respect the sea slash skies. Fuck me. Do respect the skies. Yeah. You have to respect the sea Especially if-, if there's a, a plane coming down at seven and a half G's.
0: Just look to <laughs> that picture and, oh, that's a real deal, that is. <laughs> Bloody
2: Yeah.
1: Um... We've got two thirds of the firm here, and I did say it's football day today, and it's the Euros. So you know we're we're getting there. You know we've got podcast six hundred special coming up. Who knows what that'll entail? Uh, I will tell you now, it is not an episode of it's football day. Just no. to a let some people down and b some people be like, I hope they're not doing it's football day. We're not doing an episode of it's football day for six hundred. But maybe it's something that could mm. be loosely linked
2: to that. Who it knows? might
0: football might get mentioned once or twice. Yeah,
2: yeah. You but did say not, not, it was a spin worry. off. It was roughly <laughs> exactly. related to a spin-off, of which yeah. Football Day yeah. definitely is a spin-off. Exactly. Um, I, I, but don't worry, it is not a football podcast as yeah. such.
1: So if you don't like football, you'll still have, hopefully have something to enjoy. Um, then again, you might not. Anyway, <laughs> lads, um, uh, it's this time of the week again, so uh, strap yourself in. Oh. This is from Mrs. Evelyn Phillips. Is it? who sa- Who says... Hello, dear friend. Greetings. It's my pleasure to contact you to seek your urgent assistance in this humanitarian social investment project to be established in your country for the mutual benefit of the orphans and the less privileged ones. Haven't known each other or met before. Don't know what that sentence is, but thank you. I don't know if people are just making these up and writing them into us at this point. Either way, I'm enjoying it. Has been
2: sent in by some dickhead who thinks I know. Really? Yeah. Well,. Either way, I'm enjoying it. Are
0: they doing their best impression? You're saying down. Best impression of a scam email.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we will see. We'll see that. I know that everything is controlled by God, as there is nothing impossible to Him. (laughs) I believe that you and I can cooperate together in the service of the Lord. Please open your heart to assist me in carrying out this benevolent project in your country slash position i do have a high up position in this country so i can see why i mean this isn't even necessarily addressed to me but i feel like it is this one is very much directed to me if you know what i mean i am mrs evelyn phillips a dying widow hospitalized undergoing treatment for brain tumor disease once again should preface this evelyn if this is all true i can only apologize that sounds horrible I believe that you will not expose or betray this trust and confidence. Sorry. Too late. <laughs> yeah, <stop that>. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm about to entrust to you for the mutual benefit of the orphans and the less privileged what? ones. <laughs> Get to the point. Jesus. My late <laughs> husband made a substantial deposit with the bank. Well they always capitalised the bank. <laughs> That's the <real> deal. <laughs> Which I have decided to hand over and entrust the sum of get this nine point <laughs> five million dollars. That is a bit more than what the ten pound fifty we <laughs> had last time. $10, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So they want to uh, entrust the sum of 9.5 million dollars in the account under your custody for you to invest it into any social charitable project in your location or your country. Based on my present present based on my present health status, I am permanently indisposed to handle finances or any financial related project. Is that how it works if you like <laughs> 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 I don't think that's how it works, is it? You're not allowed to control your financial funds if you're
0: ill? I feel like you could argue this is a financial-related project as well, trying to transfer yeah. someone to donate money to charity. So you're a liar.
1: Million million as well, anyway. <laughs> This is the reason why I decided to contact you for your support and help to stand as my rightful beneficiary. <laughs> right. Claim the money for humanitarian process uh, purposes for the mutual benefits of the less privileged ones. Who are these? <laughs> these? Just give the no money to charity. Then. It's yeah. fine. Just do it because if if the money remains unclaimed with the bank after my death those greedy bank executives will place the money as an unclaimed fund and share it for their selfish and worthless ventures <laughs> i mean probably that's that's probably realistic that the uh the uh, greedy bank executives would do that I'm waiting for your prompt response to enable me to send you further details and the bank contact details where the fund has been deposited for you to contact the bank for immediate release and transfer of the fund into your bank account as my rightful beneficiary. Thank you and kind regards. Sincerely, Mrs Evelyn Phillips. We are the rightful beneficiary. So are we more likely to... to mm. go along here it's just like choose your own adventure Like it's almost like a Mass Effect RPG <laughs> decision. are we going with Mrs Evelyn Phillips or Princess Samantha who do we mm. feel more inclined to help here which one's the renegade option I want that <sighs> I feel like maybe Princess Samantha I don't know they're both kind of paragon but which gives you more
0: points should we I don't know I really feel like we should pursue both of these and see where it goes <laughs> you can do that <laughs> from your own email address <laughs> if you want like, <laughs> hey you don't have I to know. give them any information just ask them, just keep asking questions mm-hmm but um,
1: yeah, I don't know, Matt.
2: You seem quite disinterested by the soul affair. Well, I'm convinced that this is someone that's written in because they thought it was hilarious the last time we did it, so they've um, do done you? their best. Impression. We do get, to be fair,
1: you don't have access to this no. uh, inbox. We do get these semi regularly, yeah. so it's not out of the blue right. to have them often. I I don't know. I looked at the email address. Fair enough. If if if, if someone has wrote that in, well played because you've you've done it very well. Hmm. But I I don't know. I I. It was marked with a fishing thing, so that makes me think maybe it is uh, genuine. Who Mm. knows? Um, I don't know. I'm not going to help you, Evelyn. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to happen.
0: You might hear from me. I want to know where this goes. (laughs) (laughs) Dale will help you out. Uh,
1: Are you going to really
0: help the orphans and the less privileged ones with 9.5 million? Nah, mate. I'm not into that. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. I, I i honestly um i've seen people do it before but i just really i like the idea of you know this is someone who is setting up to try and scam people so why not waste some mm-hmm. of their time and have a laugh in the process yeah take their time why not <laughs> if they're taking hours all right shall we have
1: I mean, we can't have Ludacris at the end, can we? Yes, we We've got can. In the Heights to listen to. <laughs> We've
0: got to have Ludacris now.
1: Do you think there's an instrumental of Ludacris I could have put underneath that email I just read?
0: <laughs> well, the whole thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: go for it. <laughs> it we'll, see, we'll see what I did. If
1: not, we know what song's being played under right. there. Um, <laughs> let's have... Why don't we have a bit of... We can't really have the whole of an In the Heights songs because they're all like five, six minutes. So maybe a bit of the opening number because... I believe it's just called In the Heights and mm-hmm. it is an absolute banger uh- this has been lovely gentlemen Are we all looking forward to our E3 weekend looking forward to the Euros weekend mate
2: yeah you're a wise oh, one. Yeah. Neither are you are working this weekend are you you nope. jam no, watching, watching football, football, football mate well <laughs> yeah. I'm working all weekend so good for me <laughs>
1: what, what's the score going to be Matt between Italy and Turkey no tonight? England what versus
0: Croatia that's the one we want, in-
1: no, I want I want Matt's opinion on Italy Turkey okay. what's the score going to be 3-2 <laughs>
2: to who to who England <laughs> Italy <laughs> versus Italy Turkey, Turkey exactly <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs> uh, that's how much of a damn I give
0: I'll take
1: 3-2 to did, England to be fair as I well. did my predictions and I did put 3-2 to Italy so you're not you're not far off there actually so who knows probably won't happen nah. uh, anyway why don't we have some In the Heights goodbye bye see ya In the
3: heights, I hang my flag
0: This is some of shaved ice. I ain't gonna it say it twice. Tonight's three lights. We're taking the walk to a couple of days in the life But what it's like in Washington Heights.